Hello, this is Matt Marone, the worship pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. You're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, April 23rd, 2023. Hi, my name is John Vanderbilt, and I'm the executive pastor at Glen Ellen Bible Church. Hi, I'm Simone Halpin, executive director of Naomi's House. And I'm Kelly Brady. I serve as senior pastor at Glen Ellen Bible Church. Thanks for tuning into the Next Level. Morning. Happy Monday morning. Happy freezing cold. I know. End of April day. Are you riding your bike much these days? Yes. In the cold? That's why you're so... Sometimes. Sensitive to the weather? Yes. (laughs) Because it's not surprising. This (sighs) happens. We were teased. The 80 degrees. With a week and a half of... I'd rather be teased than not Uh, have it. I mean, the sun's out and it's nice, but... Sun's out, guns out. But this is like what it normally is right now. For this time of year, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Like, really? It feels feel colder like it. than it normally is. I don't I, think so. Well, see, I think it's in just, my mind. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that way because <laughs> I want we, it warmer. We had summer for a week and a half. <laughs> That's and true. It was almost like literal summer. It was. Uh, it was wonderful. So it's I'm, coming, I'm it's like, coming. I need to mow my grass. I've mowed it once, and it, it's long. I need to mow it. Yeah. When I haven't been able to, because the times when I've been able to, or the get a, one of my kids to do it. It's raining, yeah, right. <laughs> or whatever. So I go out yesterday. I'm like, all right, gotta get this done. And I'm like, getting the lawn bag and everything. All of a sudden, it just sleets. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. like ice yeah. sleet on me for God. like five minutes. That's hilarious. And then it just moved. I'm like, I'm like, well, put it back in the shed because now I can't because it's soaking wet. Plants coming indoors. Plants going back outdoors. Plants coming back indoors. Are you are you hardening plants? Hardening plants? That's what it's called. Word. Uh, no. I mean, I... Well, no, she come just... Come on, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you incubating inside? Are you... Some things. Oh, here we yeah. go. Some things. Okay. But no, just, I'm talking about the stuff that we thought was good just to... Hey, oh, let's just put right, this sure, stuff out. to right. decorative stuff. Right, right. That, you know, I, pansies. I rode by a house the other day, and they had like 90 sheets out in the yard oh, covering, things, oh. covering yeah. everything. <laughs> all their bedding. Like, all their extra bedding. I was, ha- right, I was I saw, riding I with a friend. Like that. We were joking. <laughs> not you sleeping need, on this, anything. These people are wandering around their house. Where are the sheets? Where are my bed sheets? It's going to be 28 degrees tomorrow. <laughs> I just don't care enough about anything that I would go outside Agreed. in the cold to make, keep my plants warm. I planted lettuce like three weeks ago. No, I mean it cost me a dollar twenty nine in seeds, right? So if you they need get, something else to do, if, bro, if they get frozen, <laughs> that's okay. Have if they popped up at all? Yeah, a little oh, bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. planted yeah, lettuce fine. in February, man. Yeah. <laughs> just like everything else, we just over coddle everything. Yeah. They're gonna be fine. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Tell us more, Simone. No, what do you got okay. going I'm on? <laughs> Give us some gardening advice. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so yesterday. At 5.01. So yesterday, Kelly was at Poplar. Yep. Right? Yeah, I missed the gospel choir. And yeah, we had a different different mode we were in yesterday, right? We had the gospel choir here from Wheaton College. It was uh, it was fun. I met, there was three different families. First time, like families with young kids, first time ever at GBC. And they were like, man, it was... I was rocking this morning. <laughs> I know you're like. Uh. I'm like, well, we're usually high energy, and we, you know, try to. It's yeah. just you don't want to be like. Well, it's not usually like that here. <laughs> right, right, right. But it was like, yeah, it's fun to have guests, and we try to, you know. But yeah, it was a unique experience. If your first time was here, it'd be like, wow, that's yeah. No, that was fun. That was good. Um, that's a ton of work for you, dude. Thanks for putting it, in all the time yeah, to put it all together. And it's two two different worlds colliding, and, and I mean that in the best possible way. Like not just you know our church and what we're used to, but just how we work behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah, getting music ready. You mean and yeah, yeah getting yeah. Piano, everybody piano has players their own, and guitarists to totally, yeah. and everybody has their own. Um, way that they prepare and all that. But in the gospel world, it's, it's just a lot more uh, free. Yeah. Quite frankly, a lot of the gospel players, and not to say that we don't have really good players here, because we do, and I, I had the, you know, yeah. uh, some really powerhouse players up yesterday so that we could pull this thing off yeah. um, and do, try to do it justice. But you know, most of these guys that play gospel every Sunday, 
they're just like they're monster players. Yeah. Like they're jazz level players where they're playing every day. I mean, yeah. like that's what they do is play. And so they can just go. They just they sit and they're just like, hey, this is the key. This is the song. We're gonna go to these changes, and they're just doing it, man. And it's and when you have that, it's it is really special. For us, we needed more of a structure, <laughs> like charts, and so it's wild because the chords are all different than what we normally play, and there's all the chords look like I thought, hieroglyphics. I thought you did a good job of of um, maximizing the the beauty and good of both styles. Yeah. So yeah, I, good, I thought yeah, the gas yeah. the gospel choir was free, and they could. Enjoy themselves. Yeah. Do what they do, and yet we had times where you guys, you know, were able to lead into some of the courses and involve them in a way that made sense. And yeah, I thought it went it went really well. It was fun getting to talk to the the um, I, don't, I was going to say I don't won't say kids students. <laughs> uh, it was fun getting to talk to the students. Um, they they are from all over the place. I know, isn't it crazy? They're how a many very kids international in? choir, and so this yeah. choir is it's a. It's it's an elect. It's not a class. It's not a so, yeah. right? Um, but man, um, some of the countries like Mexico, Turkey. Yeah. Um, I mean, just all over China. the world. China, Korea. Sherry, yeah. Sherry drove the van. Yeah. And got yeah. to know some of the kids just running them back and forth to the college campus. And she said, I was stunned. She, you yeah. know, Sherry and I are Wheaton grads. So, but she said, just in the choir alone, yes. the number of nations represented it, was stunning. Yes. Wow. Right. So that and was, they were exhausted, and you couldn't tell. <laughs> I'm like, oh, to be a they're headed into finals. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they're tired and been running hard. They got one more Sunday before everybody goes home. Wow. And, yeah. 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 So they had you know, one more week of class and then finals, and so it was really good. They were here, and yeah. If you're a Poplar Creek campus attendee, and you're thinking, why don't we get the gospel choir? Rest assured, Matt is working on that. Uh, we we certainly want the gospel choir to and we plan to be up there at some point. Yeah, months this and months and months yeah, and yeah, months yeah. in advance. So. Yeah, so we're working on it. So it's fun. Uh, I wanted to share one story um, from uh, someone in the congregation yesterday that he told me that you, you may talk to him. But he, this is just a, a good example of man. Um, when new people come to the church, introduce yourself, um, and you know you you don't want to be too pushy, right? You don't want to. But at the same time, you kind of never know what they're going to be open to. Uh, so a, a, somebody new came to our church yesterday, um, a young man, and one of our uh, congregants just got to know him. He's like, hey, recognized that he was new, said, hey, um, I'm so-and-so, you know, what's your name? Where are you from? And uh, after the service, he just, he said, the, the guy said, man, I love this place. I really enjoy, enjoyed this. Awesome. Um, and he's like, oh, great. Awesome. Um, hey, would you want to come to an adult Bible study? Because there was one right after the service. And he's like, you know, they, it's all guys my age, but, you know. Um, and, and the guy said, sure. <laughs> and he awesome. said, so we went. And he said he spoke up and he talked wow. a little bit. He was younger in the faith, and if terrific. not, maybe just investigating. But how cool is that? Like, I, honestly, I, I probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'd probably yeah. be too afraid that, okay, I don't want to run this guy off and yeah. make him think I'm all weird. But, man, what? how cool is that? He's like, it hey, is. you want to come to this this fellowship opportunity next? And, and he did. And that's, that's awesome. really that's cool. Fun. Anyway. Um, all right. Let's, let's get into some questions. Um, it was a tough passage. Uh, but I, I didn't get to hear Kelly's, but John handled it well yesterday. Yeah, the there live was stream a, wasn't working over at Poplar Creek. It, yeah. We had a, a glitch, so. So there's great questions. Um, let's, let's get into it. Uh, first one, isn't it wrong to test God? We aren't supposed to demand signs from God. Didn't Ahaz answer correctly, refusing a sign? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Can you give I, us a little bit of context? Yeah, so Ahaz is feeling the pressure. He's gone out to check the water supply in Second Kings chapter 16, and then Isaiah 7. These two chapters kind of overlay one another historically. Um, Israel and Aram are coming to attack Judah, and King Ahaz is panicked. And Isaiah goes out to him and says, hey, it's going to be okay. Keep calm. Trust Don't, God. Trust God. And uh, Ahaz is hesitant. So Isaiah says, well, God's going to give you a sign. What sign would you like? Yeah. And Ahaz says, no, no sign needed. I, I don't want to test the Lord. Yeah, I, I took it, and I think 
I'm guessing, I don't know, I didn't hear your sermon. So you can say... It was life transforming. You can say whatever you, <laughs> want, whatever you want to say. Um, <laughs> I took it as, um, yes, we are not supposed to test the Lord. God says, don't test the Lord. But in God's grace and mercy, knowing Ahaz's situation, that he would say to Ahaz, hey, this, you know, God doesn't say it, say it exactly the way I'm saying it, but... The, my take on it was, hey, I know this is hard for you. You're thinking of a whole lot of people. Your faith is, is weak. I'm going to allow you to test me. Ask for anything. The highest heights, the lowest depths. Or, yeah, he gives you know, no for, parameters. Up for grabs, man. You name it, and I'll give you a sign to encourage you. Ahaz's response is not one of faithfulness to God's word. God is not trying to trick Ahaz by saying, Test me and and oh, I'll see if Ahaz actually knows my knows the word of if God. I can catch him. Yeah, it's it's grace based. Right. God's saying, yeah, I have an opportunity. You have an opportunity here um, for me to care for you. Mm-hmm. Take it. And he, the the response is flippant. I will not test. The, it's almost like throwing it back in God's face. If it's all, it has an air of oh God, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I know your word and. Um, we're not we're not going to do stuff like this, God. Mm. You know, kind of a. I use the example of a kid, you know, that stands up on something high and you catch them or whatever. <laughs> this is the kid that's up on something high and says, "I got this." You know, I'm 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 um you know, I can do this on my own. I don't need to test you and yeah, kind of. It's got all that flavor is going on in this passage. Absolutely, of it is arrogance. Ahaz saying he'll not test the Lord is a convenient way for Ahaz to refuse a life of faith. Yes. And I assume that even those who are following Jesus have at times given excuses or reasons for why they'll not be obedient. Mm-hmm. That's what Ahaz is doing here. He's saying he, he's taking an out. He's quoting God's word. Deuteronomy 6, 16 says, don't test the Lord. He's quoting God's word as an excuse for not being obedient. Right. And so the Deuteronomy 6... Um, do not put the Lord to yeah, the test. The, yeah, the command not to do so means don't demand things of God. But that's not what's happening here. God is coming. Isaiah is the spokesperson of God, and God's coming to him saying, I want to help you. And it's Ahaz actually saying, no, I'm, go- I'm all good. I'll stand on my own. And that's, that's really problematic. This, the notion of making excuses for disobedience, I'm trying to think, I know I've done this, I'm trying to think of a time when I actually um, made an excuse to God for my disobedience. The only thing that comes to mind is, I, when I was a senior in college, I was actively running from the Lord and he's call on my life. I didn't want to be a pastor and I had this deep sense that I was to be a pastor, so I I remember in my prayer life talking to God saying, here's what you need, God. <laughs> you need, and then I would, I would tell him, you need um, uh, teachers in the public school. And so I'm going to go be a teacher in the public school. That's, that's where I'll do you the most good. And so there was this me telling God what he needed. And I get this sense from Ahaz. Um, so. It's like that concept that, for me is so hard to um, live in day in and day out, but it's, and we've, we talked about it recently, I think maybe even last week, but just this idea that God gives us grace so that we can follow him as opposed to, we have to earn his grace. Praise so that God. We, do you yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, Praise God. Yeah. It, it's, I, I don't find a lot of, um, I can relate to Ahaz on some levels, but this is such a dramatic story that yes. it's kind of hard to like hone in. Like, hmm, yep. when's the last time I disobeyed God and then was like and he spoke demolished? To, and yeah. he spoke to me directly through <laughs> right, his prophet. Right, right, right. And so, the prophet's son. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to overstretch the like, oh, I can completely relate to it. All that we, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't, right. I don't feel that necessarily, but I do know, I love, I don't, I don't want to, whose note is this? It, Ahaz was not demanding a sign. This yeah. is mine. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. He was denying the sign that God... That I can relate to. Yes. Just this idea that um, it takes work 
in my in my head and in my heart regularly to receive the grace that God says every day. I don't run out of grace. It's endless. So receive the grace day in and day out, and that will transform you Mm -hmm. into my likeness. Like surrendering to the performance or the earning Mm. or the let me just check some boxes that yeah. just, that feels like something I can control. Mm-hmm. Let me just check some boxes and do all these things. And then I'll be like, okay, then I can sit in your grace. Yeah. And it's just that constant fighting and battling that in my head and heart. Um, that is the, the piece that I can relate to and, you know, seeing myself in this story. Yeah. yeah even if we took a, a has, even if we thought the best of it, which we should think the best of people, right? But even if we didn't think that Ahaz was so, you know, buried and off track and all that kind of stuff, he just, even if the, in, in the best way possible, he just missed yeah. an amazing opportunity mm-hmm. because we know that he wasn't moving and acting and living in, by faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even if in the reflection he was like, oh, man, I just missed that. God offered me a test and I just blew right by it. You know, that mm-hmm. there can be that, mm-hmm. that scenario, you know, going on as well. But don't think, we also think that God knew he would deny the test? Well, certainly. And there's, um, I don't know if that what, changes anything. I'm what just, God knows and holds. Yeah. And, the, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, and we it's be beyond clear. our human comprehension mm-hmm. at it times um, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. God's plans to change based on human yeah. behavior because yeah. doesn't God know the human right. behavior and make right. the plan? I think God offered this test to Ahaz mm-hmm. in the most sincere yeah. way of pos- possible. Um, and ho- I think God held hope and Isaiah held hope for Ahaz and the nation of Judah and the people of God in the holy city and all of Israel till the very end. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he was prophesying with full hope that the people would turn. Mm-hmm. And I think he was doing the same with Ahaz. Even in his anger. I mean, Isaiah's upset here, <laughs> you know, at mm-hmm. the turn of events mm-hmm. that Ahaz doesn't um, put his faith. I have are a question. You, are you going to test humans? Like, that's, an, that's frustrating enough. Now you're going to test the patience of God himself? Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, he's angry. I, Go ahead. I, well, just the... the um, Example you gave of Isaiah bringing his son and how you... Share Josh Hub? Yeah, that one. <laughs> A remnant remains. And how you made the... I think I have this right, so sorry. But you made the analogy that it was so that he would... Ahaz would see what childlike faith looks like. Yeah, so... But that was an interesting yeah, observation. I didn't go deeply into it, but the scholarship on it is there's five children that are going to be presented in the next three chapters mm-hmm. until chapter 12. So you have Mahashallah. Mahashallah Hushbar. And Sher, All right, it's Sher Joshab. It's impressive. Sher Joshab. You and you have Emmanuel and you have, there's other children. There's, there's five children that are going to be presented. Mm-hmm. And the, the scholarship on it is, is pretty interesting. Most would say that whenever God uses children or talks of children in scripture, there's a connection to uh, a lack of faith in that we should be having childlike faith. At the same time, all five of those children have unique names that tie in prophetically to near or far future events. So God is intentionally bringing in children into the prophetic ministry of Isaiah to teach Ahaz and, Israel, and uh, the people of God um, something. And Sher Jessup's name means a, a remnant will remain. Mm. And, and so there's a bit of hope in his name. Um, but this idea of bringing along your young child to go face the king. I, I in, over at Poplar Creek, I talked about a prop comic, how a prop comic will bring with him yeah. things that, that serve as object lessons and can laugh around. Uh, teachers will bring that into the classroom, these props that help illustrate something. Sure, Joshab is an illustration. He's kind of this standing reminder that God's not going to destroy the whole nation. A remnant will remain. Mm. And, and have faith in him. Yes, Ahaz, take faith. Yes. This kid's name right. gives us confidence. Right. So, 
As an, it's as a fascinating detail. It is it a just, fascinating yeah. detail. Well, yeah. as, as an aside, we often think of prophets, their ministry being primarily a verbalization of what God's going to do, when in actuality, these people, their whole lives became living examples. Hosea and Gomer? Yeah. Go marry this prostitute and demonstrate my love for my people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isaiah, in chapter 20, he's going to be buck naked for three <laughs> years. Now, there's a ministry. How, how awkward, how difficult. And you talk about his kiddos. His kiddos um, are living testimonies of God's plans for his nation. That's yeah, the, it, the naming of his kids are all tied into his prophetic My point is, God wants much more than simply our verbal affirmation of his goodness. He wants our lives, and and our lives are to be testimonies. Mm -hmm. You you mentioned near and far prophecy, that kind of leads leads into the next question, so let's go there. Uh, So, next one. So, is the prophecy of Emmanuel about Jesus or about a son that Isaiah and his wife would have? I feel confused. (laughs) Join the club. (laughs) I love this next part. And this is great. This is where we should spend some time. And if your answer is going to say (laughs) that scholars disagree, then what hope is there for normal people to understand the Bible? (laughs) This is great. Legit question. Uh, did you do? You didn't. I didn't. You didn't do a, a much with. I that. stayed more super. Well, I, I no, superficial is not the right word. More inspiring. Yeah, you were much more inspiring. No, I just didn't go into it. And yeah, the, you did a deep dive. And throughout the week, I'll be honest, your studies, you read. You know, and I don't so. know honestly what. So you know, you get a little bit of um, the preacher's mindset. And what they are learning and need. Agreed. And rightly I, so. And yeah, it's Our rightly preachers so. Need to be growing. But I have to admit, maybe not everybody in the room has the same need. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And so, if you were bogged down in the technical stuff, you know, I hate that. I'm sorry for that. If it was helpful for you, praise God. You know, He did something in the midst of it. Um, I'm just somebody that needs to break it down and and figure it out a little bit. And you got some of that on Sunday. The the scholarship on it, but even if you even if you weren't there if you weren't reading commentary and scholarship, there's just it's just so interesting because there is there are things that our Isaiah is saying that happen either immediately or very soon. Prophetic things that he's happening. That, that he's saying are going to happen. Prophetic things are happening, and he's saying it's going to happen, and then it does. And then in the midst of that, there's this line that we know for certain is not just and only about those near future events, because Matthew says that prophecy was about Jesus. So the real question is, can it be both? And I would say, and this person's funny to say, if you're just going to say the scholarship disagree, <laughs> most or many scholars that we, we typically glean information from and learn from say that this is the most likely situation, and they would use other passages in Isaiah and other parts of Scripture to talk about the fact that this is not just a random, rare Occurrence, but that there are often prophetic words spoken in the in the Bible that talk about something that's going to happen immediately, and at the same time, things that are going to happen in the far future. It's confusing for us. We don't interact with a whole lot of those types of texts. Modern writers don't often write that way. So. You know, I, I talked in the top of the sermon just about the mix of all that's going on in the, in the chapter. You've got historic events, and you've got theological truth, and then mm. you've got far future events. It's and like th- a diamond. Yeah. Multifaceted. And, and uh, somebody I was reading a couple weeks when in preparation said, um, if you're a historian, you'll be frustrated. Mm. If you're a theologian, you'll be frustrated. If you're, <laughs> if you're looking for... Um, only prophetic revelation, you'll be frustrated. You know, there's just, because 
it's just a tangled uh, interconnectedness. And so, man, I just, I took the, the tack and I think it's solid um, from my understanding and what we typically... And you're not alone yeah, in, the, in, the, you know, in the tact you took. For sure not alone. But there's a, a near prophecy. A child is going to be born. Maha, Shalah, Hasbaz, Hashbaz. <laughs> um, and that's going to usher in a near future judgment. And at the same time, there's going to be a child, and he will be called Emmanuel, and he will come to bring hope. I had everybody at PCC say together Tiglath Pileser the third. <laughs> there are some really fun names in in this week's chapter. So you know I as far as the if, I said if you're a new parent you might want to consider Tiglath. <laughs> Mahashallah Hasbaz. <laughs> I, as far as the complexity of scripture, uh, uh here's the example I give. Um it's like when I go to the doctor's office and I have a malady, whatever it is. Uh, I'm no medical doctor and I'm thankful for the medical doctor's expertise. Uh, but to say that I don't have their depth of understanding about the human body is not to say I don't have any understanding about the human body. So for example, uh, I'm not a medical doctor, but I understand that eating healthy is really good for me. Garbage in, garbage out type of thing. In other words, you don't have to be a scholar in a field to understand the basics of that field. If, and here's the good news. If you can read, then you can understand the basics of both the Old and the New Testament, namely that Jesus is the fulfillment of the promised Old Testament Messiah, the coming Messiah. And, and so I, I get it. It can be frustrating for the pew sitter to, to discover something new. I'll me- I remember being in grad school and hearing for the first time the Latin phrase "sensus plenior" that there's a greater meaning, that there's a fuller meaning to prophecy. Um, and so, when when in the Psalms the the psalmist is talking about in Psalm two, "Kiss the son, or he'll be angry with you." S O N, son, the son of God is is what's in view there. The psalmist may or may not, who wrote Psalm 2, understand that he was talking about the Messiah. Do you follow that? Yeah. He, he it, may it, or may not understand. Same with Isaiah. It. Isaiah may have not understood the full implications of Emmanuel and what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And, but God is at work through the, the, the authors of Scripture in a fuller sense. Yeah. And you can believe that Isaiah did know, and you can believe that he didn't. Right. If you want to take those viewpoints, you can mm-hmm. take that. And that doesn't mean that you understand more or less of the Bible. And that's what right. I want to get at for this question asker is kind of to try to drill down on your own question. What do you mean by understand the Bible? What do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to get into some crazy word salad or whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying like, okay, uh, there is enough saving you know, information yeah. uh, for you to be saved. You can, anyone can know that yeah. by reading the Bible. So what do you mean when you say understand the Bible? Because the more you understand ancient Near East uh, Jewish culture, the more you're going to understand the Old Testament and probably some of the New Testament. The more you, un- if you did a deep dive on Babylonian <laughs> or, or Assyrian culture, like you're going to just understand a little bit more of yeah. things will have a, a deeper meaning or a, you'll understand more contextual, um, you know, situations richness. and richness. Yeah. And yeah, but so um, I, I want to give, I, I think there's a lot of hope for, nor- as you say, normal people. If you want to take a first step, Get a Bible that has a commentary. Get a study Bible. Get a yeah. spend a hundred bucks. Um, honestly, get a study Bible. It's even so much cheaper now. Yeah, I mean yeah. they've come down in price. There's all sorts of different versions, and there's not a lot that is said from this platform in sermons or at PCC for, from this church that goes beyond a, a very good ESV NIV study Bible. Agreed. I mean, really, like right. I, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And even what we're talking about right here with Isaiah, if you had a study Bible, it would go into that a little bit. And I should, we should, when we go beyond from the platform, um, what is, so when we go beyond 
the the kind of the the accepted community that's when the congregation should be concerned when we're overstating the truth or understating the truth yeah. we we work really hard to stay in the middle of the road yeah uh, super vanilla around here. <laughs> no, but no, I get what you're saying. You know what else is dangerous? Trish is getting trouble. Or I mean, when you hear if I if I if you said something like this is a new Yeah, this word. is a new truth. I'm the only one that this <laughs> right, 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 right. the hair on the back this of our is, neck should all go This is on. exactly what this means. It's like, whoa. Dude, whoa. Yeah. Who are you? You know, it's interesting though to your you know what we're talking about. There's um so Philip meets the eunuch, yeah. the Ethiopian He's eunuch. reading Isaiah, right? Yeah, he's reading Isaiah, which is fascinating. Yeah. Where'd you get a copy of that? Anyway, <laughs> he's reading Isaiah, he's on his chariot, and Philip runs over to him, and he says, do you understand what you're reading? Yeah. And he says, how can I understand unless someone guides me? <laughs> so there's an admission, right? At some level, there are people who are beyond us, mm-hmm more educated than us, more experienced than us or whatever, who can help us understand yeah. things. Yeah, about, yeah. Ephesians 4, he gave some uh, as pastors, teachers. Yeah, right? I mean, uh, it's part of the gifting. Right. It's not... Um, My, I always like to say, not everybody needs to understand, uh, be able to read Hebrew, ancient Hebrew. Right. Somebody, somebody better. needs to be able to yeah. read ancient somebody Hebrew. Somebody needs right. to put the little it's letters not my the, gift and calling. on the text that take me down to the bottom. Right. right. <laughs> Someone's got to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just interesting that, you know, and Philip connects with him, shares the, the whole story with him, tells him what the, the text means, and... You know, the man says, is this, he's, it's Isaiah 53. I can't remember what verse, but is this man talking about himself or is he talking about somebody in the future? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's even an element of, this is unique. Help me understand. Yeah. And, yeah. and we need to be okay with that at, at one level. Yeah. Um, I mean, so. I remember after the first year of seminary and after having a handful of classes under my belt, kind of. I mean, I was still excited. I still wanted to move forward, but I was thinking to myself, like, do I really want to do this? Like, this is, this is just a lot. And it just exposed all that I don't know. And, Ignorance. And right. not, not only all that I don't know, but almost like I got a glimpse of all that I'll never know in, on this side of heaven. It was That's like, humbling. because I'm not going, I, because I know me. And I got in your gifts and calling. Yeah. And and there's no way I'm going to go down all of these different roads to exhaust all of these options that are out there. I'm just not going to do that. And so I had to come to terms with like, oh, my knowledge is going to be finite. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? For as as impressive as I am with myself that I've read these books for a year and I'm, I'm interested in them, there is still, there's, for every book you crack open in seminary, there is a list of footnotes with a hundred extra other books. Hey, for extra reading, if you want to, we got our ideas from this book. And it's like, I'm, I'm not going down those rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. So, and finally, man, be encouraged that it is this way. Because this is a book about God. This is his story. It, if you could understand all of it, I, that'd be a red flag for me. If you claim to understand it all, right? all of it, yeah. all of it. Yeah. If you, if there's no mystery, like there's got to be mystery, you know. This is God's story, so I I think that actually is a, a good uh, apologetic for the for the Bible itself. Like, yeah. hey, that we're, we're talking about a, an infinite being of unlimited power and knowledge and in holiness and you know all these things we can't wrap our minds around fully. Uh, okay. Let's go to the next one. Uh, today's passage made, made me think of Gideon, who asked God for a sign, and God apparently answered him. Are we allowed to ask God for a sign? So if you don't know the story of Gideon, it's in the book of Judges, Old Testament book. Uh, and Gideon is called by God to lead Israel against the Midianites. So he's going to lead Israel into battle. Um, he's not, when called by God, he's not eager. He's actually afraid, and so he famously asked God for a sign, which is, has become known as fleecing. He puts out a fleece, which is basically you know, some sort of carpet or some skin or woolen cloth. And uh, initially he says, God, if, uh, if this is really you, something you want me to do, then I want the fleece to be dry and the ground around the fleece to be wet when I wake in the morning. 
sure enough, it happens. God, God acquiesces to his request. And then he says, okay, well, maybe that was just a, um, a coincidence. Uh, one more test, God. And he says, God, I want this time, I want the fleece to be wet and the ground around it to be dry. So he tests him a second time and God, God sure enough shows up and, and does as Gideon asks in order to confirm his call on Gideon's life. So uh, maybe culturally, if you say, are you putting out a fleece? Many within the American culture, even outside the church, understand the reference. Are you, are you looking for a sign for what God wants you to do in life? And so um, the first thing I want to, as that, so that's what took place. And, and the first uh, thing I want to say is there are many things in the Bible that are descriptive and not prescriptive. So just because Gideon's actions are described doesn't mean that Gideon's actions are, are prescribed or something that we should do, that we should follow his example. I actually think um, there's good reason not to follow Gideon's example. Um, mm. I, I think what's going on in Judges 6 is that God is gracious, patient, uh, when Gideon is clearly weak in faith. And so uh, Jesus, later in his ministry, uh, even uh, condemns those who are demanding signs like Gideon demanded. And, and so he says in, an evil, a wicked and perverse generation de demands a sign. And so God is gracious and patient with Gideon. Gideon is weak in faith. But it's, it's not just because Gideon's actions are described doesn't mean it's how we're to act. Um, so... Um, when you get in the habit of demanding a sign, uh, one of the things you'll notice if you fall in that habit is one sign's never enough. You'll, you, next, you want two signs. Then you want three signs. And, um, and so I, I think that we need to, uh, according to the New Testament, we need, to, we need to affirm that God has given us his word, which equips us for every good work, 2 Timothy 3.16. Um, and Second Peter says that we've been given all that we need for life and godliness. So, um, for the here's here's a summary for those who want to believe, there's more than enough signs given already. For those who don't want to act in faith, there may never be enough signs, and we need to be careful in demanding more signs from God. Uh, so that's where I'd leave it. What, what what would you say is the is the proper, godly, biblical way to approach God when you are at a crossroads in your life and you are like, this is a major decision. I, I, need, I need to hear from God on this. I need to know that, that this is what God wants. Yeah. How, how do you uh, counsel people who are in that space? Yeah, I would say um, a couple things. So I would say um, we... We hear God's voice through God's word. And so we need to be in God's word regularly and, and, and we need to be deeply in his word. We need to be saturated with his word. Um, Jesus said in John 7, 17, he says, if anyone chooses to do God's will, so Matt, you're, you're posing a situation in which someone wants to do God's will if they only knew what it was in a particular. Exactly. And so Jesus says, if anyone chooses to do God's will, he'll find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak my own, speak on my own. His point is that it's, it's God's will that we follow after that Jesus is saying, it's God's will that you follow after my teaching, that you, you do as I have taught you to do, that you, you, know, you build your house on the rock, to use another parable that Jesus taught, rather than the shifting sand of public opinion and man's wisdom. Um, so steeped in God's word, we'll discern God's will. Um, and then dependent on the spirit of God, that is in conversation with the spirit of God. Uh, we know from Romans 8 that the spirit helps us in our weakness, uh, we don't know what we should pray for, uh, but the Spirit is interceding for us according to the will of God. That's Romans eight twenty seven. So we want to be uh, in step with the Spirit, dependent on the Spirit. And the best way to do that is in prayer. Yeah. Uh, finally, I'd say in community. So in God's Word, in prayer, in community. When I'm stumped on a decision, I want people who are also in God's Word and also in fellowship with the Holy Spirit to speak into my life. I want 
I want you guys, I want the people of God at Glowing Bible Church to, to weigh in on my life. I'm going to ask, I'm going to put this, this crossroads decision before people that I know can, are hearing from God and, and, and will coach me that way. Good. Yes. <laughs> Do you guys have Gideon experiences where you're, you're wanting dis, to discern? For sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I would love for God sometimes to be a little bit more clear. Mm. Um, but I do think that I've learned over time, it isn't in his character from my experience for him to want to hide things from me. You know, like I'm going to make you guess and see if you get it right or wrong. That isn't my experience when praying for God's will and praying for discernment and wisdom about big decisions or small decisions. I feel like I just, I think what you said is just so right on that Gideon is lacking faith. And so if anything, our encouragement is to know that the more we pray for faith, um, I think that's a prayer that God wants to give us. And yeah. it comes from being in the word and um, some of the other examples that you gave about around being in community. I think I read in a book this week actually about what it means to sit in church on a regular basis and listen to it. Going back to your doctor's analogy, it, you go to the doctor for a specific thing, but then your doctor, if it's a good doctor, is going to care for your whole being. And it's like that every Sunday you're sitting there and we're addressing this topic or this discussion this week. And the next week you're going to discuss and think about this. And it's week after week after week. And you're slowly being transformed, hopefully. Yeah, your mind's being renewed. That's right. And you're... Um, Romans 12, don't be... Con Romans yeah. 12, too, actually says, then you will know the will of God. Right. Have your mind yes. transformed. Exactly. Renew it. Mm -hmm. um, then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will yeah. is. Yeah. So I just feel like um, knowing the heart of God or the character of God is not to hide from us and, and make us... Like, Absolutely. I don't know. It's not like he's playing some game with us saying, see if you get it right. And if you don't, yeah. poof, you're dead. You know, that's just not my experience of the heart of God. Or does that feel like it aligns with scripture? So, um, yeah, I just think that's some really practical advice that you give on what it looks like to increase faith. And then there has to be some level of, I, I mean, to kind of like make it specific if I'm looking for a specific answer from God, sometimes I have to trust that he's, he's given it to me and I can trust mm -hmm. my discernment. Yeah, James 1.5, uh, if you need wisdom, ask. Mm -hmm. He gives generously. I mean, I do that all the time for work. Yeah. I don't actually I know what to do in this situation, right. but God has put me here right. to mm -hmm. make the decision. I so actually gonna, had that thought when yeah. I was asking the question. I was yeah. thinking about you and your line of work oh. and what you do <laughs> I thought you were going to say you felt the same way. No, you meant my decision. No, no. <laughs> I, I, just, I wondered how you make all your decisions. No, I just like thought. I bet. I bet Simone is in a situation a lot where she's just like, I need. I really need God here. Like I mean, to, I mean, you have so many day. people in your care. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Totally. Don't screw it up. Simone. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm like, taking geez. your own advice. I am going to do more. No, I'm just kidding. I've been in yeah. situations where I know that there's we're wrestling through something. A decision needs to be made. And I, would, I haven't put out a fleece like a Gideon saying, do this or do this or whatever. It would be really cool if you tried, though. Just I know of people, yeah. I know <laughs> there of people are, people who are have Christians done, that live that way. Yeah, and they've, wow. I know of people who have been made decisions wow. um, like that. But uh, I feel like often when we open our eyes in an open-handed posture, and I don't do this well, and I don't do this often enough, but saying, Lord, I like what you're talking about, I can't figure this all out. I need supernatural wisdom. I am your child. Lead me, help me, open hands. Um, I've seen him intervene. And it's not every time in this booming voice from heaven or anything like that, but little things like mm -hmm. when we were in the process of deciding whether um, to adopt, mm. I, I, picked, it's crazy, I picked up a book. I was reading a book thinking it had nothing to do with adoption. I wasn't reading it to think it had anything to do with adoption. I wasn't praying through the book. I just, it was a book I thought was going to be a cultural commentary on leadership and things like this. And I started reading through it and it was this man's family had adopted a little girl from Ukraine. Oh, I, you, I remember this book. And you go, I'm like, what is going great, on? Great story. And the story is 
powerful and it goes, you know, and it, it, it wasn't an adoption book, but the fact that I had picked it up, no, my heart in this pl- mm-hmm. tender like God spot, met you there. God met mm-hmm. me there. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, you can debunk it from a human perspective all you want, but I'm telling you that book was huge in me and, and Carrie taking steps of, of faith towards adoption simply because that God mm-hmm. put that story in front of us and the lessons from that story that. at a time when we were really just searching for mm-hmm. answers. That's great. If, uh, if you're a listener out there and you're stumped, you're at a crossroads and there's probably dozens of dozens of listeners at crossroads. Um, remember it, the Lord's word prayer, but the Lord's community mm-hmm. We, we need people in our lives that we can bounce the options off of and they can speak to us about their sense of our gifting and our calling and how the Lord's working in our lives. So John, if you pick that book up and you, and you said, I think this is a really, this is more than coincidence that I picked this book up. You probably shared that with Carrie, right? maybe with your parents, the yes. people in your life you trusted. Right. And at that point, they would have said, John, that's just coincidence. Or they might have said, John, yeah, that's more than coincidence. Right, right, exactly. So we're looking for feedback from, mm-hmm. from people that we know have the mind of Christ, whose, whose minds are being renewed as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, finally, too, like, hey, confess your sins. Mm-hmm. Confess your sins, bring a repentant heart to the Lord. Like sometimes... If we're, we've, we've got some ongoing sin in our lives, it, sometimes it just, it's harder to hear God, right? It's harder so to oh, have sure. that re- renewed mind. Um, and so sometimes just, man, bring that to God. Confess your sins. Lay it all out. Um, man, you may not have clarity till the 49th or 50th or 100th prayer or whatever, but that could be God just wanting you to come closer to him. <laughs> right. You know, like, you know, it's not like, like what you said a minute ago. It's not like he's trying to... Mm-hmm you know, not give you the answer and make you figure this all out. Like, man, he's just trying to, he's trying to draw you in. Um, That's so good, Matt. I always forget to confess my sins. <laughs> That's something I do regularly. I mean, go ahead now. <laughs> <Yeah. Good luck>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, the mic's on. I you looking at me like you were going to say, oh, me too, but nope. That's no. not <laughs> I just want you to, real quick. <laughs> no, Rattle a few off. Yeah. That's really, Matt, that was really, that was a good reminder. Oh, man. All right, let's go to the last one. Uh, I love that God is with us. That's encouraging to think about. But can you talk about what that involves? For example, when we sin, is he there with us? Simone, you tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> what, are the li- what are the limits to his being with us and the implications of his being with us? Yeah, um, if you're trusting in Christ, we are what is described in Ephesians 1 as sealed sealed, uh, picture an envelope sealed, uh, picture uh, a legal document signed. It's, it's taken care of. It's finished. We were sealed in the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1.3, so, such that the Spirit of God, the person of God, uh, physically dwells with us. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, he says, don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? that God is with us, he's in us, physically. I mean, actually physically. And um, justification, there's a legal element to it. It's, it. There's no changing it. I'm adopted by God. I'm in the family of God. A transaction has taken place. The blood of Christ has written a new covenant. It's, it's like I own my house, you know? Something categorically has shifted. Uh, well, the adoption of your kiddos, John. I mean, they're forever your kids. They can't be anything other than your kids. Right. And so it's, it's a beautiful reality. Um, and then when, this, when God's with us, he empowers us. The Spirit bears fruit in us and through us. Galatians 5, the Spirit helps us, teaches us. And so um, the with us is... It's relational. I love it's. It's not simply transactional. Something has taken place that is a transaction. The, the blood of Christ has purchased us, but it's also deeply relational, physical. Yeah, mm-hmm. doing my best to describe it. Yeah. Is is the answer yes though that he feels the implications of our sin? Yeah. 
I would say when Paul writes, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. that, you know, Simone, your lack of confessing sins, mm-hmm. I'm joking. <laughs> we need to, yes, we can grieve the Holy Spirit who's with us. That's Paul's mm-hmm. point in 1 Corinthians 6.19. Don't you know mm-hmm. that the Spirit's with you in a very physical way? I mean, I hear that and and like process that out loud right now thinking not because I want to like disappoint Jesus, but because when you are in a, when you love someone, mm. you know, you, you care about them. And I don't know, there's something about being so motivated to not want to sin against Jesus because he does feel it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, uh, marriage is a is a metaphor used to describe our connection with Jesus, uh, with God. Um, the, the believers are the bride. Jesus is the groom. And so just like in a marriage, when one spouse disappoints or hurts another spouse, uh, we can grieve our our groom, Jesus. We are um, absolutely. Yeah. It seems like um, the question inside of this question too is, well, if the Holy Spirit doesn't dwell in us and God is in us, um, then how, how can, how do, why do we still sin? How can we still sin? How's that possible? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not, we're not perfected to say that we're not right. Um, so there, there are stages in the process of salvation. So salvation is both punctiliar. It happens in a moment and it's process-oriented. So just like birth, you're birthed in a moment, and but then you have to grow up and go on to maturity. And so I, I believe Jesus chose that metaphor, you must be born again, to, to help us understand what's actually transpiring as we come to faith in Jesus. We're, we're born anew, we come to him as little children, dependent, then we grow up and go on to maturity. Some of the stages are described theologically as uh, justification, the moment of birth when the transaction takes place and you're adopted, and then sanctification, that ongoing process in our lives of growing in maturity and dependence. And then there's glorification uh, when we'll be with him, we'll see him face to face and be just as he is. Yeah. And man, it's encouraging to know that because the Holy Spirit is in us, and scripture says that uh, no matter what situation you're in, mm-hmm. no matter what sin, is in front of you, whatever temptation it is, there will be a way out every time. Yeah. Like that's powerful. King David uh, in Psalm 51 cries out, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. And that is an Old Testament reality that the Spirit of God came and went upon leaders. It was called an anointing. Prophets uh, received the Spirit for particular Uh, tasks that they were to do, proclamations that they were to make. Kings would receive the Spirit. Uh, Judges like Gideon would receive the Spirit to to accomplish a task. Uh, um, So, but through the blood of Christ, the New Testament reality is that once we're sealed, adopted, there's there's no going back. We're his children, uh, having his DNA, and, um, and he'll not deny us. Amen. Good word. That's really good news. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the questions we have for you today. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text Next Level Podcast 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that Scripture is a primary means for our getting to know Him. And our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to The Next Level. Boom! Prophecy.